Good day, everybody. Welcome to Vulnerability Leads to Victory, part two of this Women's Appreciation Month interlude season. It's your boy, Sean John, here once again, uh, bringing you all more stories about uh, vulnerability and how it has led to um, an aspect of, of victory and growth in people's lives. So as I said, this is part two of a uh, interlude season for, you know, Women's Appreciation Month. And so this is one where, you know, I've been really excited to to begin to connect more with um, women that I have a great admiration, appreciation and respect for, but ones that have also really been, you know, having a great impact uh on those in society and leading them well and, and doing some amazing things. Uh, this episode is a, a, a special one for many reasons. It's a, a good friend of mine. Um, it's also the recording of this is on uh, International Women's Day in 2021. And so shout out to all the amazing women uh, that are out there doing their thing. Um, and that big boss status, uh, you do this day in and day out. And so, yes, there is one specific day to recognize that, but I appreciate it all day in and day out. So, uh, you know, this guest we have for today, as I say, is a good friend of mine, someone I've known for a little bit of time. And I like to say, you know, this is someone that everybody needs like this type of person in their life because it is definitely an enriching, um, you know, aspect and uh, someone I definitely has seen that's been appreciative and um, definitely been supportive and encouraging of a lot of my endeavors as well. So I bring to the vulnerability leads the victory family, none other than my good friend, Jillian Dennis. <laughs> What's Honestly, up, though, Sean, man? I need you to introduce me everywhere I go. <laughs> I, I tell people that, like, I would love to be a hype person, a gospel hype person. I don't, okay. like, I can hold a note, but I just need to be up there and just, like, I was the Kirk Franklin. Do you want a revolution? Like, listen, and if you didn't see Tiny Desk with Kirk, he done went oh. through three decades of music. So, listen, if you if you want to do that, I, I, I am here for that. But Just yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, I would be the first person to hype you up. But I'm super excited to be here. Um, thank you for the for the warm intro and excited to talk about vulnerability. Mm, you know, it's a it's a vulnerable topic, but definitely excited to to chat with you and and hopefully encourage and empower other people. So thanks for having me. Happy International Women's Day. Yes, yes, yes. It is uh, such an honor and a privilege to have you uh, on this podcast. Um, I definitely, this has been something where I'm like, I want to make sure I truly, uh, it's not just about getting friends or family or anything like that. It's just for me getting um, voices, which I truly feel like people can, I, I truly believe people can connect to. And so uh, when you accepted the invite, I was like, Praise the <laughs> Almighty! Yes. Uh, so, 
So Julie and I kind of know each other from a few different aspects, uh, know each other from yeah. church, know each other from working in the same uh, division at one point. And, um, and so it's just, you know, we have some mutual friends through different avenues. And so, uh, as I said, like Jillian is someone that I do have some uh, great admiration and respect uh, for. And so I, I truly, you know, am excited uh, for what's going to to be talked about today and what we're going to dive into. And so, you know, uh, Julian, from your perspective, I've talked about how we kind of know each other, but from your perspective, you know, how do we know each other and uh, what uh, made you say yes to the invite? Wow. Okay. That's a great question. Um, so obviously spheres that, that Sean and I share, that you and I share are, you know, work, um, church. Um, but I think, you know, experiencing so we don't interact a lot right like I think you and I like I probably see you the most maybe on a Sunday if that um, or when I was on campus I'd see you on campus but um, it's almost like I feel like we've connected through other shared experiences so it's like even though we're not you know we maybe don't talk every day or have a lot of deep conversations I think we've experienced similar things um, and you're somebody that it's almost, it's funny because you, I think you said this about me just now. And if you didn't, that's awkward. But I think you said like everybody needs a Jillian, everyone needs to know or, or something like that. But everybody needs a Sean in their corner because Sean is somebody that you are somebody that um, it's more than hype. Like, yes, you hype, especially with me. Like, you know that I love social media and, and you know, you've definitely encouraged and hyped me up on social media and stuff like that. But it's more than that. It really is this like, you take your life, your words, your voice, and you try to empower others. So I think um, I've gotten to know you through that and just how you are always for people. Um, and like both, both, like we both know each other's spouses and, and, you know, have gotten to connect, I think with each of the, them in separate ways. So it's great. I mean, I think I, I have been telling Eric and, and we've kind of talked that we all need to hang out sometime. And so anyway, we're excited about that, but yeah, I'd say I, I, that's how I know you, but I think I've really gotten to know you as I've seen you support others and make room for, for other people, which is huge. So yeah. And okay, so why did I say yes to the podcast? Honestly, <laughs> um, vulnerability, I think, is a topic that is very near and dear to me. And for a season, I think I was very intentional about being vulnerable. So I think, you know, the title of it is, is something that resonates in me. Um, I think, I mean, another reason I think is I just, I, I just wanted a chance to, I don't know, talk to you and, you know, around this topic and, and not only support you in this endeavor, but also um, be vulnerable and see where that leads. Um, and also March, I'm a lot more free than February. <laughs> so <laughs> timing was also, you know, really good, but um, yeah, important topic. And I think especially as a woman, especially as, you know, a 30 something in 2021, like there are so many levels for me, at least uh, at this point in my life, where if I have a chance to encourage people to be vulnerable by sharing a story of mine, a piece of my life, I definitely want to take that, that opportunity. So. No, definitely. I appreciate that. And yeah, this is, I think right now what I've realized is that, um, 
I think this time that we're in uh, this uh, pandemic, this panorama, this, this pandemic, this, this pan, pan whatever. <laughs> yes, like this whatever time we're in. I think it has. I've I've learned that it has kind of, you know. Um, really encouraged, I won't say forced, it's really encouraged a lot of people to think about the aspect of kind of exhaling. And for some people that is truly, you know, some, you know, deep levels of vulnerability, but others that's, you know, some just kind of internal reflection. And, you know, I've heard so many people talked about, they've done so many different things. And so I'm really glad that, you know, you you are here today uh, as, you know, I appreciate all the the hype you just gave me and everything like that. But, you know, um, before we move on to talking about definitions and stuff like that, I just really want to say that, like, you know, people are special when, uh, you know, Jillian was one of the first people that when I found out my wife and I were pregnant, Jillian was one of the first people I messaged and said, hey, like, this is what's going on. And, uh, you know, I invited her into the cool auntie uh, club, the, the, the black auntie yeah. uh, crew, um, you know, and so I definitely think, you know, when you, when you're willing to have somebody uh, be, you know, be one of the kids, aunties, you know, that, yes. they, they a big That's deal. That's a different level. Yeah. That's a different level. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate definitely, so with me, um, you know, the definition that I tell people about uh, vulnerability is allowing yourself the opportunity to truly be in the state where you are, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, just, you know, allowing yourself uh, to be there. And so, you know, for me, that is my definition. But you know, for you, uh, Jillian, like, what's the definition that you would give for vulnerability, being vulnerable or anything, you know, in that realm? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think even in thinking about the the answer to that, um, I think my definition has changed over the years. I think um, I would equate before, I think I would equate vulnerability with authenticity. And I still think that that's true, but I think I've, you know, as I've grown, I think that definition has become more, um, uh, it has gotten deeper and it's gotten more complex. Um, so I, it's, my definition definitely isn't as succinct as yours, um, but I'm being vulnerable and I'm, <laughs> um, I'm not going to compare myself and, you know, obviously just speak from, from my experience. But I think vulnerability comes down to choosing to, choosing to take the risk of being fully known. Mm. not knowing if you're going to be fully loved, right? Because I think, you know, jumping right in, I think a lot of us as, well, most of us as humans are connected to the desire to be fully known and fully loved. And I think what hinders that is we never get to the fully known. You know, we never get to the point where we're, not that we never, but it's it's hard to get to the point where you can be, <sighs> raw and real. Um, And uh, so I think a lot of us 
have been vulnerable and then have been hurt with what we've been vulnerable about. And so just like anyone that's trying to protect themselves, they take a step back and they pull back. And, you know, sometimes that's, sometimes that's appropriate. You know, I, I mean, there are definitely people that I've learned to be, I can be vulnerable with, right? There's a space where I can kind of take up that space with my vulnerability. And there's some people that I know, whether they're not there on their journey yet, or they don't know what to do with it or handle it, I know I can't be as vulnerable as I want to be. But it truly is kind of up to me to take take the risk because it's a risk. You never know, you know, we mentioned that we're married. I can be as vulnerable as I want with my spouse, but in the beginning, it, he didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with my frustration or my tears. And and quite frankly, I didn't know what to do with it either. Um, and, and I think vulnerability gets its power from you making the choice regardless of the other person's reaction. Um, because we, I know that me being vulnerable, yes, I hope that, you know, you still accept me and you still like me, but really the more that I'm vulnerable and, and open and honest, the more that I'm walking in power and I'm kind of choosing how I want to show up in the world, regardless of people. Um, now, I think ideally we land with people where it's second nature to be vulnerable, but um, it, it takes a lot of practice to get there. So, yeah, so I think my definition to, to go back to that would be a, a de- deliberate step, or maybe not even a deliberate step, a stumble um, into the risk that it takes to be fully known and fully loved. Because I think that's one thing I've learned. Vul- being vulnerable is risky. It's risky. But that's what I've learned um, over the years. So how's that for definition? That's a good one. That's that's a really good one. And so I like that aspect. You talked about like the risk and and the stumble. But even when you first started of that choosing to, you know, take a, a risk to, you know, kind of be open, but not knowing if, you know, you're going to be loved, not knowing kind of, you know, not knowing the, you know, understanding the group that you're with, because you can be with people like, oh, we've been friends for a while and you don't have that (laughs) response that it's like, oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, that's not the response I was hoping to get. Right. Okay. So, you know, and I really, I think, you know, with that definition that you, you know, even bring up, I, I think about as, you know, as we, we are focused on women that, you know, are impacting society, women that I see are strong leaders. Like, I, I think that that fits perfectly in that realm of, you know, when you are trying, as a woman, trying to advance up in society, advance with her and really have that impact, you know, it can be, it can be scary in general, it can be nerve wracking in general but to be vulnerable, yeah. but also with the way that looks across you know, gender, way that cro- looks across different, you know, work fields and stuff. Yeah. I think that feeling of, you know, like that t- choosing to take a risk, you know, it could be tough because you don't know how that's going to impact you and the way that you are and your ability to impact others. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note too, I was just thinking, I was typing some notes, but I was thinking about how when you think about people being vulnerable, typically you think, 
like, oh man, like that's such a, it feels like a feminine characteristic. Like mm-hmm. you're vulnerable, you're soft. Like, why are you so sensitive? But in all actuality, like the risk it takes to be vulnerable is such a power move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously you're not using it to be strategic, but I'm thinking like you mentioned careers and, you know, in a corporate setting, you know, a lot of the things that we hear as women is um, for better or for worse, it's, you know, you know, don't, you know, speak up and not don't speak up. Those are two two different thoughts, but you're told to speak up and kind of match your, your male counterparts and don't let people walk over you, but be careful that you don't come across as too emotional and, Mm -hmm. you know, be sure not to look too sensitive. And um, those are a lot of mixed signals. Um, But what I can say is that every time I have chosen to be vulnerable, let's say in a work setting, whether it's with my supervisor, my team, a coworker where something didn't go well and um, or I felt a certain type of way by our interaction. Every time I have chosen to be vulnerable, I have always felt strong. And those words aren't usually equated, especially in the workplace. Vulnerability and, and strength are not usually equated. Mm-hmm. So I think here on this International Women's Day, Women's History Month, it's important for us to remember that vulnerability can lead to power. I don't think initially you'll, you'll feel it. <laughs> But I think as you practice that, it, it leads to power. So definitely, definitely. You say the best there. I won't add too much <laughs> more to it, but just as you all heard it, like vulnerability is strength. You know, vulnerability um, can be a power move, can be a boss move. <laughs> and ultimately, with this podcast, vulnerability can yeah. lead to victory. So, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you know, moving on to the next part of this uh, podcast, you know, this is the part where I like to say it's it's the heart. You know, if this was a meal, this would be the the meat mm. of the you know the protein of the episode here. And this is really where um, you know we just as listeners we get to kind of just sit back in some ways and really just hear the heart of our guests and. and their stories of, you know, vulnerability leading to victory or, you know, that, that growth, uh, through vulnerability. So, you know, for you, Jillian, like what is your, you know, vulnerability leads to victory story? Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy because I think, you know, obviously I think there's a lot of different examples of when I've been vulnerable. Um, and I want to, I want to be sure to give, you know, tangible things that I've, that I've been through and, and, and have gone through. Um, and then I think if I zoom out in my life, there's one thread of, of vulnerability that I think has followed me everywhere. Um, so I'm kind of going to share like two different stories, but, um, I think the first is, and this is okay. This is vulnerable for me for a few reasons. One, I think people who have known me in my later life, so maybe in the last seven to 10 years, people that I've met, people I've gotten close to, I think they've seen more of this, the Jillian that has been empowered from this type of vulnerability. But prior, like 10 years ago, I would not talk about this, Um, which seems interesting to me now because I talk about it a lot now. But um, 
it it has to do with I'm gonna kind of zoom out. So it it started. It kind of has to do with like my hair, but then if I zoom out, it has to do with like my ethnicity, and then it has to do with like my how I identify and kind of all of these things. So um, I say my hair because you know you guys can't see me on the podcast, but I have curly hair. You know, if you know curl patterns, I'm probably like a three B. There's some three C parts. Um, but growing up, I hate, when I say hated, I hated my hair. It would always be, I also played sports, so it kind of always had to be back or I like did ballet, but it was always back or straight. I remember my grandma always, no shade to grandma, love her, love <laughs> Grammy, but she would always be like, why is your hair so frizzy? Like you should straighten it. Or why did you cut it? Like no one likes short hair, things like that. So I think that combined with messages I saw and people that I was around, um, I hated my hair. And I think that was an internalized hatred of myself and confusion of myself. Um, And as I got older and got more comfortable with my hair, I started realizing, wait, it's not just my hair. Like I'm uncomfortable because my hair isn't... um, Well, let me back up. Okay. So for those of you who don't know me as well, I am multiracial. So my mom is from the Philippines. Shout out to all my Filipinos and Filipinas out there. And my dad is from Jamaica. So uh, Robin and Edna met in Florida, had had me. It was a beautiful union. um, And I was a beautiful product, as you could see. As you, I mean, you can't see, but um, anyway, shout out to self-empowerment. But that was kind of the one of the threads that I was always very insecure about. So I was never Black enough to be with the Black girls. I definitely didn't look Asian enough to be with the Asian girls or the Filipino girls. Um, And then even if I did feel comfortable in my Black skin and my brown skin, my dad was from Jamaica. So then I went through this whole like, period where I'm like, what am I? Like, who am I? Mm. Who likes me? Where can I fit in? Um, And so my hair was a part of that because I think in general, it was just my, it it was a way for me to not deal with how I identify. So as long as it was pulled back, as long as it was straight, for some reason, it just felt like I didn't have to battle with those like thoughts and feelings. Um, And it's a very, it was a very internal struggle, right? So, you know, you know, and you hear messages nowadays where people say things, it's like the exoticizing of mixed children and mixed people. Mm. So, you know, the things that I did hear were like, oh my gosh, you're such a pretty mix or, oh man, that's so cool. And it didn't really do anything for me to feel, uh, it didn't help me identify with anything in particular. I kind of felt as if I was not enough of anything to be anything. Um, And if you can imagine like middle school and high school, you're already going through identity crisis. And then, (laughs) Oh yeah. And then, you know, put, put me in college where now I'm kind of on my own, making a new name for myself, kind of doing whatever I want. And, but still having this internal struggle of like, I just want to be fully known and I want to be fully loved but I did not even know how to do that for myself. 
when it came, especially in this example, with when it came to like my identity and my specifically my racial identity, my ethnic identity um, and my heritage. So for me to say something to the to the extent of like, I am a black woman, it, it I'm not as shaky as I was before. But even saying that 10 years ago, Sean, like I would that would be very vulnerable for me to say, because it was mm-hmm. kind of this like. I'm a black woman, but only if you say I am, like, do you accept me as a black woman? Is that okay? Like it was, it was, I would say it. And then I would have these, this train of thought, which again was my confidence in saying that was only to the extent that someone was affirming that in me. And, you know, to go back to vulnerability, I think that's the problem with, with, that's not the problem. That's the difficulty of being vulnerable. You do, you want to be affirmed. You want to feel supported and accepted and cared for, but um, that was the part that I was at. So even again, the confidence that I feel now saying I'm a black woman, saying that I am Filipino, um, saying that I'm Asian, like it's quite frankly, it's, it's absurd because I don't think I ever shared with people how, um, how much of an imposter Mm-hmm. I, I really felt in a lot of circles. Um, and not saying that I don't now, but I think now what's different is that I talk about that and I'll share that with people. And um, and usually what happens is crazy because the times that you're vulnerable, the worst case scenario never happens. Like mm-hmm. if I like the worst case scenario for me especially let's say 10, 15 years ago, if I were to say I'm a black woman, worst case scenario would be that someone would curse me out or laugh in my face and tell me, how dare I? Did that ever happen? No, that never happened. Like nothing even close ever happened to that. But because I kept playing, I kept replaying this scenario of how I thought it would go. Um, Now, there definitely were comments there were things that I had heard maybe directly to me or indirectly to other people that I was like, Ooh, yeah, I'm not, I don't even want to go there. Um, but the more ownership that I've taken in learning myself and sharing the insight that I have gained about myself to other people, the more accepting other people have been. It's crazy. It's like the more you love yourself, the more other people will support Mm -hmm. and love you. It's crazy. Um, so that's that's kind of one story, and then the other story ish. Not really a story, but it it has to do with friendships, and and I think to an extent we all kind of go through this. But I am typically the person that I'm friendly, I'm outgoing, I do, I really do love meeting strangers, and I do enjoy bringing people in and and making spaces where people can feel comfortable. But there's this other part of me that I, I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's like, even though I'm like that inside, I feel very lonely a lot of times. Mm. And I think, and we've seen this recently with social media where it's like, check on your strong friends, like your strong friends are not okay. And and I know that we know that that's real. And we also kind of laugh about it, but outside of the pandemic and kind of being stuck inside, I think I've always felt like I, I, I've always, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> yeah. 
But I've always felt some level of truth in the statement that I feel like I have no friends. And that is crazy to say out loud, but I think a lot of that has to do with me being vulnerable. Like I, sometimes I don't take the step to say, hey, I feel left out from this. And because I don't take time to say that, so-and-so and so-and-so can never know how to love me well and support me. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because I think because people see me outwardly as, you know, very whatever bright, energetic, which I am, it does create this, you know, f- uh, false narrative that I have a lot of close friends or that I feel comfortable being vulnerable with a lot of people. And the truth is I don't. And I think, you know, if anyone out there knows the Enneagram or has taken the Enneagram, I am a type seven. I'm also, I think on the, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm something, something, I don't know the letters, but the word is like the entertainer. So I, I do, I enjoy fun and I enjoy exciting. Um, but I know that I thrive when I can be in relationships that are very intimate and very vulnerable. Um, and I actually wrote, I posted a photo maybe four or five years ago with some of my close friends. And I wanted to read the caption because it was really meaningful to me. And I think kind of is a good cap to kind of that story. But I wrote, Okay. I wrote, wow. I wish I could adequately describe what these women mean to me, what we mean to each other. It's amazing how rewarding vulnerability can be. Yes, it's tough. Yes, sometimes the risk outweighs the reward, but sometimes you hit gold. And like I did, I hit gold with these queens and my life was changed forever. This life isn't a joke. It's really tough. Ask for help. Confess your need for love and friendship. Receive love and friendship. Your vulnerability unlocks hope in others. So what I found, end caption, what I found was that when I started, <laughs> I appreciate the snaps. <laughs> but for real, it's like when, when I, I found that once I started sharing, like, hey, guys, I actually, like, I feel left out sometimes. Like, I know that I, I don't come across as being sensitive or, you know, being needy like I actually am and I found that as I started saying that other people are like oh me too <laughs> like I actually you know hey Jillian when you do this and you do that I want to be a part of your life but I feel like you're so it's it, it was just crazy how in taking the small step the scary step the small scary step the risky step of saying hey I need this this hurts me um it it really did unlock hope in myself and other people. Um, and I think confirmed to me, hey, Jillian, like you have responsibility, even though you want to be fully known and fully loved by others, you have a role to play in that. Um, and if you don't know, how, like, that's not to say like, hey, if you've been severely hurt and you need professional help, get professional help. Right. Jesus and therapy. I mean, that's what changed yeah. me. <laughs> Jesus therapy and a good husband. But um, like the risk I have found has 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 been very minuscule compared to the reward that I've that I've experienced. 
So those are two kind of, you know, stories from different parts of my life. Obviously, I could probably talk about those for hours, but um, yeah, those are ways that vulnerability has impacted me. No, that's good. No, those are two great stories. And I, I think as you were, you know, wrapping up, like I, one of the things I was thinking about was this, you know, aspect of one, like you and I are similar in so many ways that it's scary. Um, but two, it's this aspect of like a cruise ship. And so like, I feel like you and I, you, you and I would be seen like the people are like, oh yeah, we love the aspect of a cruise ship of being like, Hey everybody like here. But if we're not on the cruise ship with some other folks that we are closely connected with, we would be like, oh, goodness, yeah. I am here all by myself. Like, I don't, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what's going on. And you like, you have so many people around you. Yeah. As you say, you still feel so, you know, can still feel so alone um, and not as connected in some ways. And I think that's something that is like huge for people to understand is, is that, you know, there are aspects of, you know, life where you have to understand the levels of the levels and definitions of friendship mm-hmm. that you have with people. Um, and I even just take a step back and say the levels of relationships that you have with people, because some people are your situationship. Some people are your <laughs> work shit. Like, you know, it's some yeah. people are like, I think because we, we live in a society and have grown up that like, everybody's your friend mm. when in reality, like, not, Come on. not everybody is your friend, but even so, there are different people that are on. There are levels, levels to this, Sean. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that's, you know, that I think about with that is, is what does that even look like? And, and, and how do people even understand, you know, those types of, of relationships that they have yes. um, in their life and how it, you know, affects them. But I mean, really, I think even with the culture, like, I think that is something that as you talked about afterwards, you talked about how when you became vulnerable, like those in your circle were like, yes, like I, I'm right there with it. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I've talked to some people about this, you know, podcast and they're like victory, like victory and vulnerability, like that's the victory right there. Everybody's right. still working through the journey. It, some people still hey, Jesus and therapy, go. good food, good this, self-care, all that. And I think you still working through it, but it's still the victory of you have that. Now you have people that you feel like, oh, I can be vulnerable with a few more people because I have that connection of people who we're going to all unpack our luggage together. We're going to all unpack it together. We're going to be there to support each other through these experiences. Um, And so I think that's something huge. Yes. Yeah. That's good. No. The other thing when you talk about hair, like, you know, we are part of the contacts and curls club, <laughs> even though I have my glasses on. But I think it's contacts the and idea. Curls. Yes. yes. I think it's the idea of like um, really this aspect of when you talk about like hair, like I think, you know, to me, of like this is my kind of third phase of letting my hair be long. Like mm-hmm. first, was when I was a child and I really didn't have any control over it. That was, you know, my parents' decision. But then when I was in high, middle school, high school, and trying to figure it out, and now, you know, in my early 30s, trying to figure this out where 
this just started as I don't feel like sending nobody's <laughs> chair to get my haircut doing no no I'm not gonna outside pay is closed. <laughs> yes, when outside is closed and the barbershops are closed. And I'm in the middle of packing up to move and I don't feel like cutting my own hair. Um I ain't gonna lie, I didn't truly trust my wife to try to <laughs> hook me up and stuff like Hopefully that. Hopefully Janine's Janine's listening to this. Sorry, Janine. Janine will listen. She knows we've had this conversation <laughs> of uh, you know, I just I, I couldn't be I'm vulnerable in a lot of things, but I couldn't be vulnerable with I appreciate her that. Put this in her hands. Know your limits, know your um, limits. But I think ultimately now though, like, you know, I am thankful for, you know, people like you, people like our our friend uh Aldrika, you know, our mutual friend Natalie. And wow. you know, I'm thankful for some others like that have been like truly a part of the, you know, Sean John like <laughs> natural hair, like curly yeah. like curly hair club. But I think at the end of the day, they're when it comes to like understanding your hair and what that means to you when there's so many like, you know, cultural and ethnic pieces that are mixed in with that, that like, that really is a lot because you are trying, <laughs> because you can see like, oh, wait, my hair is curly, your hair is curly, but then it's like, but it's like wait, <laughs> it's different. So what does that mean? And you start exploring all of that and that opens up yeah, a lot of stuff that you just like. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready I'm to just understand. Throw it back in a thick pony. I mean, in a slick ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my laughs> Call it goodness. a day. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so it's a lot. I think you know, with your stories, it just shows that like the the opportunity to be vulnerable comes through many different lenses. Yes. And so it's it starts as simple as, you know, what seems as simple as talking about hair, but then as you explore it and you start to realize, wait, you know, as you said, you know, my dad's Jamaican, my mom's Filipino, you're like, wait a second wait. here, like what is right. what does all this mean? You know, I I don't necessarily fit into one way or the other. So it's yeah. just like Wait a second here. And I, I think that's, you know, something that, um, you know, definitely just showcases like, what does that, what does that mean for you just to, to exist every day and like live your story? Right. Um, but what does that also mean for you to like, you know, understand how to advance yourself like you, you used the word you know um earlier about an imposter and i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's like how do you you know how do you go from being you know this feeling of imposter to you know realizing that i can i can be the poster person for somebody's big ceo <laughs> Fortune 500 company Right. Like, and, right. you know, and I think those are the things that, like, even within those moments, you can still have that aspect of, like, imposter syndrome. But I think, you know, yeah. you how do you go from one thing to realizing, like, you can be in the other, but also understand how to continue to navigate from one to the other and through it all. So, so no, definitely. You, uh, you are really... I think you brought up two good stories that are really going to connect with folks and, and understanding that. But 
as you said, like it really just because you have a lot of people around you, just because you are the just person that because, right. That's really is just because it really doesn't, doesn't mean, mean and just yeah. because like and that's the thing. I think it vulnerability takes you just like anything, you get better at it or it gets easier the more you do it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel necessarily less risky or maybe less scary, but you get more comfortable with that feeling because you know on the other side of that, it there it's going to lead to either a confirmation of like, okay, this is a person that I can trust and, and this is a, or it leads to like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe not this time. Um, but it really does take, it takes practice. And even just because I wear my hair out all the time now, or just because I, you know, maybe am more vulnerable with more people um, doesn't take away from the fact that it is still a journey and it is still a struggle. And, um, and then even, even as you're talking, kind of reflecting back to me, you know, my story and things like that, it feels it's vulnerable. Cause then it's like, okay, I, whatever insecurity I had about my hair, um, the older I got, that's the more, that's, that's when I realized that it was deeper than just my hair. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, and hair is a good example because I think any people, any person of color, right. Any black person, any indigenous, like a- anyone who has some type of textured hair, you have a struggle. Mm-hmm. There's a period of struggle. Um, and I think usually the struggle is, indicative of something deeper that has to do with our identity and our, our, you know, what we see we should be. Um, but yes, I, I mean, vulnerability, practice it, <laughs> try to practice it. I don't know. And we are getting ready to, Move ahead till you can give the folks some tips. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, I, if I haven't said it already, I do want to say it again. Thank you for sharing your stories here and being vulnerable in this space. Yes. Thanks for creating the space for us to do it, for me to do it. Um, so tips. Yeah. I mean, I think a very practical tip that I, someone told me was to literally practice with a safe person. Um, And I I took that to heart. And I remember texting a friend and saying, hey, I want to practice being vulnerable. So if it's okay with you, I don't even think I needed to say if it's okay with you, but I said, I'm going to practice being more vulnerable with you. And so what Mm -hmm. that looked like was if they would ask me, you know, where I wanted to eat, I would try to figure out where I wanted to eat because I know, because we both knew that I didn't mean when I said, oh, it doesn't matter to me. It did matter to me, but I didn't want to take the risk of saying it and being vulnerable and kind of being vulnerable, but what I wanted, because I thought the other person wouldn't receive me. So practice with somebody, tell somebody, hey, I want to practice being more vulnerable. I want to practice being more truthful about how I feel about things, what I think about things. Um, Because the way that you get comfortable in being vulnerable is that you try to separate 
what you think the other person is going to think and say. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go around telling people that you don't like the way they said this, you don't like the way they did that. No, that's why you need to practice with a safe friend, someone that does know you, someone that will make room for those, maybe those blunt remarks because you are practicing to do this. Um, uh, and I think kind of to echo what Sean said and to take it a little a little further, define who are, who are those friends? Like, what are those levels? Because vulnerability is, you need two people to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. Like, you you being vulnerable with yourself maybe is like you writing down something that you're thinking or feeling, but you know what you think and feel. But vulnerability takes two people. So my challenge for you and for me is to define, to, you know, signify, signify? What's the word I'm looking for? Mm. <laughs> I don't even know. What is the word? I don't know. Figure out who those people yeah. are that you do want to be vulnerable with. You know, there are people mm. in my life that I know that they are genuine golden people. Sean is one of those people. Like we've, this is probably the most, like one of the most intimate discussions we've had, vulnerable discussion we've, we've had. But I know that you're somebody that would, you know, see me and love me. In Christ, and you would make space for me. So there are probably people in your life, um, and and not just you, Sean, but I'm saying royal you, anyone who's listening to this. There are probably people in your life that you know, if you were to take the step to be honest and vulnerable, they would be there for you. So I challenge you to to identify those people and make it a point to be closer with them. And usually, getting closer to people means you are vulnerable, and they are getting to know you in a way that you are letting them and giving them that, that insight into you. Um, and I guess another tip or tool that I would suggest is <clears throat> to embrace, this is more abstract, so this isn't actually a practical thing, but to embrace the shake, <laughs> if I could mm. say that, because I, I mentioned when I would identify as a black woman, that would, I would shake, like my voice would crack a little bit, even if no one could tell, I would feel very like warm inside. Like I was blushing, but like, you know, my skin don't really show that so much, but, <laughs> um, but embrace that, embrace that shake because you showing up to places fully being you and loving you and, and you showing up to work, knowing that you have friends that are in your corner that are rooting you on um, is, is pretty freaking powerful. And, um, and not only for you, it's powerful for other people. So, you know, we all, I'm sure we all hear, we remember hearing stories and hearing from people that shared very real stories and they, they don't necessarily need to be tragic. I think that's another myth. Like vulnerability doesn't mean it needs to be a sob story. That's not what vulnerability yeah. is. Vulnerability is, again, taking the risk to be honest about how you feel and what you think. And um, we've been around people who are like that. And I would be pressed to find someone who who wouldn't say that after hearing that person, after talking to that person, they didn't feel empowered. So embrace that shake for yourself Um for your friends, for future generations, um, 
because we could we could take that all the way back in time and see that you know people who walked in that are, are some of the most uh, strongest legacies I would I would say. So those are some of my tips. More where that came from. Maybe there's more. Who knows? But appreciate <laughs> no, the opportunity. Those are good tips. Those are some really good tips. Especially, I think that, you know, all of them, I mean, you know, from just really finding that other person, as you said, you know, vulnerability takes two people. Like you can, you know, you can express, you know, through written thought or, you know, you can even record it on video. You can do a lot. But I think to truly, you know, get to a, a level of vulnerability, it's, really having others around yes. to, you know, be in that space, that space with you, you know, then to, you know, understanding the, the and understanding the community that, um, you know, you can have with that uh, vulnerability. And I, I like that last one, especially you say it as abstract, but, you know, that embrace the shake. I think really it, it comes down to a point of just understanding kind of, what when you when you're going through certain experiences that are requiring you to kind of exhale to be a little bit more open to you know move in a certain way that is feels uncomfortable like what are you feeling right at that moment and so like really what what's going on with you um and I think that embrace the shake is is what that gets at is understanding kind of what's going on because that might be something then to explore mm-hmm. deeper. Yes, like and it, understand it, about that. Yeah. yeah. So because it's going to mean that if you continue to feel like that years down the road, then you know you want to continue to explore it um, because it's it's not something you know they say time heals all wounds and I don't <sighs> really think about that. I think. You know, the experiences you go through, you know, time helps time helps you to better understand the wound and how to mm. heal it properly. Right. Um, and so, but time itself. Time itself like, is trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't right? do anything. Yeah. You need so, to use that time. Yeah. So, yeah, no. So I think you, you, you touched on. A lot of great tips that I think are really going to allow folks to kind of just kind of sit back, reflect, and, and really um, kind of move ahead and understanding uh, what does their growth look like. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for giving me a chance to share. Yes, yes. All righty. So we are coming uh, towards the end of the episode you know, want to give you the opportunity for any final thoughts you might have, opportunity you drop, you know, social media, any big project <laughs> you're working on, anything else you just want to put out there for the listeners as we begin to uh, wrap up. Wow. That's always hard when you give someone like anything else you want to say and then three, <laughs> out, three hours later. <laughs> um, no, nah, man, I just, I mean, I just want to encourage everybody to um, do it. Take the risk, man. Take the risk. It's worth it. Um, and I'm, I was going to say I'm an open book, <laughs> but that, that's funny to say, but I really do. I, I want to help people and empower them to unlock that, that potential and, and that, um, you know, that shake and turn that shake into something that, that, uh, really releases power in others. Um, 
but I, uh, let me see. I would love it if we could connect. If if anyone wants to connect with me, um, my page on Instagram is private. But if you request me and send me a message that this is how we met on this podcast, I will definitely <laughs> accept that. Um, you could find me at J I L L I N I U S Jelinius. That is a combo of my first and last name. Also, small plug: I do work. Part I have a full time job, <laughs> but I also work part time. You can't visit me at my full time job. That's why I'm not going to promote it right now. But I also work at a at a plant store, house plant store, part time. Always plugging them. If you're in the Gainesville area, it's called Plant Stay at Plant Stay on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I would love to connect if you're trying to get into plants as well. Would love to unlock the potential of your green thumb. <laughs> um, and I also have a plantstagram. Yes, that's what it's called in the plant community world. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at I've soiled myself. <laughs> that's hilarious to say out loud. Usually I just type it, but yes, honestly, would love to connect with you. Also, LinkedIn, Jillian Dinius. Um, again, looking forward to connecting, hearing from you, hearing your stories or seeing how this impacted you. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome time spending with you, Sean. It's been great. Definitely, definitely. So yes, please, everybody go uh, and follow uh, Jillian at both of those uh, <laughs> tags. You are in for some great uh, content. And so I trust it. me, you know, um, and so I think, you know, um, just as we kind of wrap up, like with some of my final thoughts, even it's like, you know, I, I I talked about earlier in general kind of some of the reasons why, you know, I appreciate and respect to have, you know, uh, admiration for Jillian. But I think, you know, one of the things I think about is even just seeing her over this last year, really um, unlocking more about herself. And I think that's something that you don't see a lot in people. So I think it's the opportunity that, you know, one, as I said earlier, one of the ways uh, Jillian and I know each other and have known each other is, you know, um, we used to work in the same division. And I, I think to see her go from a position where she was able to, you know, make impact through the daily work, but also just make impact in the environment that she was in to stepping up and stepping out and, and really putting herself in a, a new work environment where it, she's able to have some even, you know, greater impacts on people and can, in the, the community that we live in and so much more. But then to also see the way that, you know, between just her life with, like getting into plants and helping people other say plants. Like, I think it's just different levels of understanding. Like, you know what, like an aspect of vulnerability for us all is to begin that journey of unlocking who we are fully. Yes. And so I think, you know, this is someone who I say is a leader because they are leading the, helping lead and pave the way in that aspect for many people in general, but definitely for, you know, women out there to be able to, you know, um, kind of get to that, that next stage, um, 
in life. So yeah. uh, I, I definitely, you know, appreciate you for um, all that you're doing in that realm. Always. So everybody, we come to the end of another episode of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. You know, I with this interlude season, I want to make sure I'm ending with some, you know, good quotes here. And so, um, you know, with this one, the one that comes to mind after talking to our beloved guest today, Jillian, is here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. And I add, may we love them. May we appreciate them. May we show honor and respect to them. May we give them gratitude. Let's go, Sean. May we give them their flowers while we're living. Let's go. As I said, one of the things that we need to do, men, this is my call to action to you all is get to know the women around you. Understand how you can best support them, empower them, love them, appreciate them, and help them get to points in life that we as men have the privilege already to be at for so many different, you know, reasons. Uh, And so truly let us do our part. And so on this International Women's Day, at least when this episode is being recorded, um, but in this interlude season, you know, I say much love, respect, and gratitude to all the women out there. And so as we always end with (sighs) exhale before you inhale. Peace and blessings, y'all. One love.